Welcome to B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper, brought to you by True. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer. We'll be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Draper. And now, here's your host, Stuart Black. Joining us today on B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper is Mark Bogarts, the Director of Brand and Sponsorship for Tata Consultancy Services. TCS is part of the Tata Group, India's largest multinational business group. Mark is responsible for driving the TCS brand and sponsorship strategy across the UK and Europe and applying a consistent integrated brand strategy. He was also global sponsorship manager for Heineken for over 10 years, where he led on rugby partnerships for the Rugby World Cup and Heineken's Champions Cup, among many others. So Mark Bogarts, welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, who would uh, not be um, happy with an invitation to talk about Don Draper? (laughs) <laughs> well, let's kick off there. So what does being a bit more Don Draper mean to you? Of course, as, as being in advertising, sports marketing for uh, two decades now, loved the show. I think his, his courage and his, his braveness, some people might call it bluff, but um, I think that's, that's um, what still nowadays uh, a lot of uh, marketers would, um, would definitely need a bit more. All about being bold, isn't it? And Don Draper certainly got that. Exactly, yeah. So you're Director of Brand and Sponsorships for TCS. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that and what attracted you to the company after being with Heineken for so long? I started off overseeing the sponsorships in Europe and UK for TCS. And then quite soon after that, brand followed um, while a colleague moved to a different role. That brand role came to me because my manager thought like, well, it's quite a strong opinion on brand coming from a brand-driven company like Heineken. And he felt like the company and the marketing team could could use a little bit more brand, and that's why I uh, why, why I stepped into uh, into brand as well. TCS is uh, mainly um, sponsoring marathons. I'm sure we'll come to talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, so I oversee um, uh, multiple marathons that we sponsor across Europe and UK. And you were at Heineken for a decade. Um, first of all, some people might say you're crazy moving from such an iconic brand. But what did you learn from your time there um, that you're now using to build brand at TCS? I think that the 360 degree approach that Heineken applies to everything they do in their marketing. And like I just said, Heineken is really a brand driven company um, and getting the opportunity to uh, contribute to a company, to a B2B company where brand is still a relative new term. Some might say, like, I'm not sure what to do with it. And being able to make these changes and being part of that that journey of building a B2B brand was for me the main reason to uh, to accept the role at, at, uh, at TCS, um, where the sponsorships were leading, the, the leading brand properties for TCS. That's the tool in the mix that we use uh, the most to, to position ourselves and to position our brand. Well, let's focus a bit more on sponsorships. Why does a B2B brand like TCS sponsor sporting events in the first place? Yeah, there's multiple reasons for that. I think um, uh, th- there's a few things at the core uh, that really come from 
the Tata Group and, and TCS company um, is uh, doing good for community, meaning giving back to local societies where TCS is active. As an example, where I live myself is in Amsterdam, uh, TC, we're a sponsor of TCS Amsterdam, Amsterdam Marathon. On top of that, uh, we raise money for charity. We do that across all of our marathon partnerships. Um, but definitely also to promote health and well-being to our employers, uh, to our clients, but again, also to, uh, to the bigger society. That's a key reason for us to sponsor marathons. But also it gives us an opportunity to engage with clients, to come into contact with clients in the business professional community. There's a lot of runners in that space. Uh, so where we can offer them access to a London Marathon or a New York Marathon, which we sponsor as well, that's for us an opportunity to engage with those clients on a different level than business. And by, through these sponsorships, you can engage with these higher value clients, but you're also engaging much more widely. Why is that useful to TCS? Yeah, again, to position uh, TCS and, and Tata as a group, as a which is nowadays, of course, what a lot of companies are doing, um, a purpose-driven company. Uh, and I dare to say that TCS and again Tata as a group can say that with pride um, and, and being genuine in this for over 150 years as it's, as it's a trust. And a lot of the, uh, the benefits of the company flow back to hospitals and schools. Um, so really want to position TCS as, as a company, um, not only a technology company that provides technology to improve society at large, uh, but also to uh, to show that we're doing good. And how do you measure the impact of sponsoring events? Is there a way of actually quantifying that? Definitely, there's a um, uh, nowadays you can measure a lot. Of course, media value um, it is one of the key elements that drives back value for a sponsorship. The number of client engagements we have, number of online digital engagements that we have. Uh, the number of users of the apps that we developed uh, for the uh, for the marathons and all the data behind that. So there's definitely a lot of ways to put it in numbers, so to say. And, and what do you think it takes then to execute a successful sports activation strategy? I think numbers are fine and nice, but in the end, you need to be relevant. You need to add value uh, to... Uh, your specific audiences, um, and we have the multiple audiences. So we, yes, we do focus on, on the runners and their supporters by developing the app. But we also focus on our clients and our prospects by inviting them to run with us uh, a certain uh, marathon and to invite them to our hospitality after the event. In the end, it's all about uh, the emotion that you can bring into a person's passion or life for that specific period or that specific event. And are there risks associated with uh, sponsoring sports event? I'm thinking of uh, if you sponsor a personality like Christian Ronaldo or Lance Armstrong, that can really backfire. So what for you are the dangers of not getting it right? Sponsoring athletes has big opportunities and in, in most instances, big uptakes. Uh, but in some instances, it can have uh, risks as well. I think Lance Armstrong, when uh, it was known that, and he admitted that he um, was using um, drugs for his in his active career uh, as a, a professional um, cyclist, mm -hmm. that uh, you saw that that brands were moving back. Um, the, the most famous one is, is Nike, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, but as Nike has such a 
uh, a wide variety of, of athletes they sponsor, the impact is still relative. But I think if you, you sponsor athletes, that's, that's probably the most risky part because they have their personal opinions. They are human beings. They make mistakes and that's all fine, but that comes at a certain risk. But if you sponsor tournaments or uh, even uh, one step above that is venues, the risks get lower, but normally the rewards uh, get lower as well. So the risk reward for an athlete is, is bigger in, in general than, than with a venue. TCS is normally a bit in the, in the, in the neutral zone, the middle with the, um, with the competitions and the tournaments by sponsoring marathons. And we just stepped into golf, the tournament here in the Netherlands as well. And sponsorships don't work for every company. Um, which companies do you think are really suited to um, making sponsorships work and which ones does it not work so well for? I think sponsoring in general works best. I, I would almost say it works for most brands and most corporates and most companies. Um, you now see that um, big online, you have TikTok at the Euros, uh, who are sponsoring that, takeaway.com, Uber sponsoring the Olympics. So the, even the the big um, uh, digital corporates of the last uh, decade are now stepping into sponsorship to build their brand, to build a certain association. I think sponsorships works best when its products are hard to diversify uh, with, with your comp- competition. Uh, I think beer is a fantastic way to build uh, a fantastic example where um, the product itself is, is quite hard to make a distinction but on, on the brand side, you can build a whole story. There's such a big difference between the stories of, of Heineken or Bud or Carlsberg for that regard. Uh, but also works for either, I call it boring or complicated products, being insurers or uh, bank products uh, that people have quite a hard time to, um, to associate themselves with. Um, but they can lend, basically use an image of a, a sponsored property they, they, they bought. Uh, like a football team or a competition. Uh, and then the association becomes part of how they are associated with their property as well. So complicated, boring products or where the, the, the product itself is quite hard to diversify by itself. Let's switch gears and talk about purpose. Um, your new brand positioning is building on belief is the, the words that you've chosen. How did you arrive at that positioning and what does it mean to your customers? Um, I think it was a result of uh, almost a year long of doing research, speaking internally to senior management, also to all, all kinds of employees, and definitely then involving um, clients as well, including analysts, so other stakeholders that, that work with, uh, with TCS. Um, I think that it's, it's about the journey we landed on building on belief coming from uh, experience certainty. Experience certainty is, 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 uh, was, had a focus on cost and delivery. Uh, TCS is, of course, a big uh, outsourcing IT firm uh, from India. But we have much more expertise and knowledge uh, on technology and innovations that we would like to display to our clients as well um, and tell our clients about. Building on belief is much more inspirational. It much speaks to a person's aspiration. What we want to do, we don't just want to tell our what we have as a product or a, or a service and talk about that with the clients. But we want to have discussions with them on what we can do that can help them in their ambitions and realizing their purpose or their beliefs. So uh, it's really 
a step up the ladder for us from cost and delivery to basically supporting clients in their digital growth and transformation journey. And what are the pitfalls of employing a purpose-led strategy such as this for TCS? No, I think we just we just uh, touched on, on on that as well. I think what you see nowadays is that for TCS, it's I dare to say it's genuine, it's authentic, it's 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 part of the company's DNA for uh, over 150 years. Uh, as as I told you, on the trust where the uh, the benefits and the profits of the company flow back into uh, societies, into schools, into into hospitals. I think the the danger for uh, that it becomes purpose washing, so it's window dressing. Like we, we, we take on a, a purpose-led vision or a campaign, but I believe that especially Generation Y, the millennials, are they easily understand if it's genuine or authentic or not. Mm. And if it's not, then nowadays, then you will get a lot of uh, criticism. So being genuine, doing something that's close to you as a company and the product and the service that you have is, is, is important um, when you follow a, a purpose-led strategy. And so was that difficult then um, to find the correct words that really exemplified your purpose? No, actually, um, uh, not directly, to be honest. Um, I think um, um, what I find is that uh, you see a lot of big companies, they need to put their money where their mouth is. Mm-hmm. While for uh, TCS, it's probably the other way around. We need to finally put our mouth where our money is. We're already doing this. And it is about a belief. It's believing um, in, in something bigger. It's believing that you can add value to society through your products or services that you deliver back to consumers or to other companies and, and, and customers. Um, and to get it, the word building really comes from that we want to do this together, together with our clients. Uh, so we're really partners in this game. And broadening out then a little bit, how does TCS differentiate itself from competitors, Bain, McKinsey, Accenture, Capgemini, for example? Now, again, I think we dare to say it's a genuine and authentic purpose that we have. And um, I'm not saying they have, they don't just don't have the history that we have in this space. We are stepping into a space with our new uh, positioning that's, that's, I appreciate closer to what some of the, uh, our competitors are uh, doing or trying to do as well. So that space becomes more crowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see all kinds of consultancy firms, big and small, uh, were pretty much the biggest nowadays, entering that space, speaking to a uh, CXO audience um, on what they can do for that CXO member. Uh, with their service or their product. We have about 500,000 people working for TCS. There is the digital journey that every big company is stepping onto or already for the last decade is even speeding up. Digital is the future um, uh, for on, on, on all business uh, operating levels, so to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have this expertise, we have this knowledge because we have been uh, doing this cost and delivery model already for uh, uh, multiple decades. Well, uh, so we have thousands and thousands of people with specific technology knowledge that I dare to say that probably some of the others lack. 
Mm. Well, let's drill down a little bit into how you exactly build a good B2B brand. What percentage of the budget goes into short-term sales activation versus long-term brand building for you? Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but the, the majority of the marketing spent is in brand and that's in sponsorships. Mm-hmm. But um, the paradox in that is that the marketing teams itself, the majority of the marketing team members focus on lead generation, supporting sales teams, business development teams, country managers in uh, thought leadership through white papers, through business events, through RFP processes that we step into with, with the sales teams. So the energy and the effort of the team, the focus is very much on lead generation mm-hmm. while the budget, and that that's maybe a bit out, I would not say out of balance, that's probably not the right word, but as the, 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 the spent on brand, the majority of brand spent is in sponsorship, full stop. Mm-hmm. Other marketing work streams uh, have less spent on brand and more in lead generation. So it's a bit of an answer that has, has it's, it's two sides of the same. Mm. And what about the role of advertising? Uh, what impact does that have on your ability to set prices and build your brand? Um, I think there's a big, uh, we are still a bit inexperienced when it comes to proper advertising. Uh, there's, I think the majority of the, the, the spend when it comes to um, uh, advertising is in earned and in owned. Um, so through our social media uh, uh, channels, uh, through LinkedIn is very important for us um, uh, as a social media channel. Uh, whether you, you can even call that a social media channel nowadays. Um, there's a lot happening in, in uh, communications, in in press, in, in uh, business press, whether it's IT, where there's a lot happening in the analyst space. Um, but paid media, buying proper brand ads in print or out of home or TV for a business channel is something that's that's relative new and we're basically embarking on this new building on belief journey uh, with an ambition to grow uh, the paid media plan as well. So then also, uh, do the principles used to build a B2C brand apply to the way we build B2B brands? And if so, which ones? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's it's a misassumption to think that building a, a B2C is much different than a B2C. And I think there's, you see uh, a, lo- a lot happening in that, in that space now as well. Um, uh, Paul Cash, the owner of Roosterpunk, just wrote a book on uh, humanizing B2B. Because in the end, you're, just, you're also selling to human beings. Mm. It's also about emotion. It's also they. It's also about likability. It's also about creating mental awareness uh, and preference for your brand. That's where it starts. If they like you, it, it, it justifies a higher price point mm-hmm. to set yourself apart from um, just talking about product and service. Yes, quality needs to be outstanding and the price needs to be right. But everybody is doing that. So how do you then set yourself apart by building your brand? And, and that's that's where also purchased buyers, procurement teams, um, whether they like it or not, are influenced by that. Mm. They will probably say, I'm not influenced by that. And I, I have a very neutral, rational approach to, to the buying process. Mm. Well, uh, research time and time again proves that's not the case. I was going to say, I mean, some people would say that emotional messaging may be more effective for 
long-term strategies, whereas rational messaging may be more effective for short-term. Would you agree with that? And if if so, how can B2B best harness the power of emotion? No, I fully agree to that, uh, especially because I think the, the, the lead generation and, and, um, and brand building need to go hand in hand. And that also goes for the spend in, in those two. So um, it's I think the balance uh, is not right in a lot of B2B companies in spend of uh, brand building versus lead generation, but you need both. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, I think you need always, there's always this undercurrent of investing in your brand uh, to that 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 the, the CXO on the other side of the table that you're speaking with is immediately aware, like, oh, that's this company, I know them and I know the brand, I know the logo, I know what they stand for. Uh, and yes, you still then need to talk ratio on product and uh, on service. Uh, but uh, yeah, hand in hand. So moving on then finally to our rapid fire round, I'm going to ask you some questions and I want you to respond as quickly as you can. Don't think too much. Just tell us from your gut. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So number one, advertising or ABM? Advertising. Logic or magic? Magic. hundred <laughs> percent. All the time. Brand building or lead generation? Uh, brand building. Well, the two go hand in hand sometimes, as you said. Yeah. What's the problem with B2B now? Uh, Too much mind, not enough heart. Don Draper would fix the problem by... Um, Adding his charisma, uh, basically adding his heart to um, uh, instead of only listening to his mind. Brilliant. And if you could tell all CEOs to read one book, what would it be? Uh, That's a book that I recently read. And that I really can adhere to, and it's um, it's a book that called "Go Luck Yourself" um, by Andy Narn, uh, and it's a book that really says like, um, open your eyes, make sure that you are prepared in a way to any situation that you can focus on the opportunities that come at you, and they always come. If you're too much with your head down in numbers or um, in, in in the stuff like like a PowerPoint, you will forget to walk around and see what's possible and and, and what's coming at you. Listening, seeing, grabbing opportunities. Good stuff. I will add that one to my reading list. And finally then today, uh, what's your favorite Don Draper moment or quotation? Yeah, there's there's a few that I I had in mind, but I think um, make it simple but significant. I think that's that's one that really speaks, uh, speaks to me. So all it leaves me to say is uh, thanks, Mark, for such an insightful, fun chat. It was really nice talking to you today and learning all about your philosophy, both at Heineken before and TCS now. Thank you for having me. I'm Stuart Black. See you next time on B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper.